0: Hey Soma Church, this is Kent. I am jumping in on the front of this podcast to let you know that Soma Downtown has its own podcast feed. We started our own podcast feed in this time where all the congregations are posting not only all their sermon audio, but also a lot of midweek content. And so we thought this would be easier for everybody if we could take all our content that we're posting a couple times a week and have it all in one place. And that way it would also unclog the Soma Indie podcast feed uh, moving forward. So we're going to post for a little bit just to let people know that we do have uh, a feed in this feed still, uh, or this feed being the Soma indie feed, but pretty soon we won't. So if you do want to continue, you can search Soma Downtown Podcast. on. We are now available on pretty much all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, and yeah, just Caster or yeah, Pocket Cast, all those. So uh, we'd love to have you come and subscribe on whatever you use and choose to, to listen to podcasts through. And we'll see you over there. Okay. Wait for it. <sighs> That's going to become my intro music. All right. Uh, welcome, everyone. I am hopping on here for another live video, and it is also a podcast. Uh, this is a live mini-pod, which I've got to quit calling them mini-pods, because they're getting to be like an hour, 15, hour, 20 minutes sometimes. So the mini is a mockery of the word mini. Either way, uh, I think this one might be shorter. I don't know. Uh, I want to talk about a way to study the Bible, or maybe a technique that people used to write the Bible, and when you understand and begin to look for this technique, you can start to see it all over and start to see more of the authors of the Bible winking at you, telling you, hey, this is something major going on. This is something that you need to pay attention to. So it is called a chiistic structure or a chiismus, and it is based off of the Greek letter chi. Or if you are in a sorority fraternity, you call it chi. But that is an anglicized anglicized way to say KI, which is, yeah, basically the letter X. And a chiistic structure, these things are all over the Bible. The biblical authors loved to set the world into chiistic structures and to put secret little meanings or messages all over the scriptures. So, uh... Let me just go real quick to the whiteboard and show you what I'm talking about here. So you get the idea of the letter X, a key. Looks like that. To make a keyistic structure, authors would take an idea and they'd make it their first sentence, and we'll call that idea A. And then they'd have another idea. We'll call that idea B. And then they would have a third idea, idea C. Then they'd make the sentence that follows this one relate to idea B, and so we'll call that B star. And then they'd have the last idea that relate to idea A, we'll call that A star. And so you would have this structure, sometimes you'll have this in, you'll have short chiasmuses. Keyism, uh, or uh, chiastic structures, you'll have long ones. You'll have ones that are entire chapters. Uh, the entire chapter is a chiastic structure. You can have entire books of the Bible, which are chiastic structures. And there's a couple things to note when you're dealing with chiastic structure. Of course, once you find them, you need to find like, okay, where do they show up in the text? Because a lot of times, what comes before them or what comes after them might relate. In fact, you might even find a chiism. Within a keyism, holy cow, they get real meta there. Uh, or you, uh, other things that you really want to know is you want to say, what is that central idea? What is that idea that is at the heart? Because rather than the topic sentence or the concluding sentence, which actually are the least important in this case, it's building to that center idea, the idea C in this case. And this can go A, B, C. You can go a, B, C, D, C, D, a. I mean, you can go all the way up into infinity. Uh, well, that's crazy, but you get, you get what I mean. Either way, uh, coming back to around here, uh, to give an idea of a chiasm that might be, like, easier to grapple with because it's fairly short. Okay, here's one. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, gives a chiasm in one of his teachings, or uh, a keyistic structure. In the teaching of Matthew 6, it's only one verse, Matthew six twenty-four. one verse, a keyistic structure. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Okay, where's the kiosk structure? This is an A, B, B, A kiosk structure. So this one actually doesn't have a central idea like an A, B, C. It doesn't have an odd number. You can have even kiosk structures. So you can A, B, B, A. And because this one's short, it's just A, B, B, A. Here's the first. Here's your A. No one can serve two masters. And what's your A star? You cannot serve God and wealth. No one can serve two masters, you cannot serve God and wealth. Those are your two A lines. Then you move down to the B lines, for he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. So again, no one can serve two masters, you cannot serve God and wealth, for he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. There's your A, A star, B, B star. And that's a really short, easy-to-understand keyistic structure. Now, again, you see these everywhere. And I'm going to do a medium-sized keyistic structure um, and one that might be a familiar story, at least to you, uh, in the Tower of Babel. I came up with this idea because I was talking on our Zoom call post our uh, Instagram Live, Facebook Live, Digital Gathering on Sunday – with uh, a group of people just discussing, and we got into uh, oh, because the the in the teaching I brought up the Tower of the Babel, the Tower of Babel, and how the Tower of Babel relates to the Day of Pentecost, where Tower of Babel all God divides everyone and mixes up the languages, and then in the and the Spirit, you know, uh, uh, is obviously prevalent in Genesis, but then in uh, Acts uh, two, when the Spirit falls and descends, the first thing it does is it Gives them all unified language and brings them together as one. And three thousand number, three thousand people were added to their number that day, and so yeah, like the Tower of Babel, people making a kingdom for themselves. God spreads it out and confuses language, in the or in Pentecost. God brings together his kingdom and unifies and creates our language. So I was talking about that on the Zoom call. Hey, Jessica was there. Uh, she knows this, she, uh, she heard this. <laughs> so uh, I so I was like sitting there like, oh, what can I do for you know, like, dropping in? And I was like, I want to give like a Bible study tool. And I thought, how about I give just an, a way of understanding keyistic structures? So you've already got the format that I just gave you. So let's real quick then look. There was that fancy drawing. Let's real quick look, get my tripod out of the way. At the Tower of Babel. There we go, hope you can read that well. If you can't, well, I'll have to zoom in later. Can you zoom in on Instagram? I don't do Instagram enough to know any of this stuff. Ugh, somewhere Tayshon's soul is dying. (laughs) All right. So I've already laid this out in its keyistic structure. This is Genesis 11, 1 through 9, and this is the Tower of Babel, and I'm just going to go through and kind of make it plain. So uh, you have your A line. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. Let's go down to our A star line. I don't put the stars on here. you just can't have to imagine them. Therefore, its name was called Babel because the Lord had confused the language of all the earth. And from uh, there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. So here you have now the whole earth had one language and the same words. Now you have dispersed over the uh, face of the earth, confused the language over all the earth. You have the themes of A and A star. Let's go into the B idea. Uh, And uh, as people migrated from east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. Look at the bee, and then I'll tell you what this one... This one's probably the hardest to find, and when you find it, you're like, uh, are you overreading reading it? I swear I'm not. I swear these, these biblical authors, they love to do this stuff. So the Lord dispersed them from over there, or from there, over the face of all the earth, and they left uh, off the building of the city. And so really here, you get there and there. So the Lord dispersed them from there and the people migrated, they found a plane of Shinar and settled there. It's the idea of they're settling there, God's dispersing them there, is your B and B star idea. Then your C and C star idea. And they said to one another. And then your C star, uh, their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. Here they are saying to one another, here they cannot understand one another's speech. Uh, your D, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had uh, brick for stone and bitumen for mortar is pronounced that way I've looked it up uh, because I had to preach this passage once and I was like I I don't want to have to say that uh, from the pulpit if that's not actually how you pronounce that and it is Uh, so now you come here to your D uh, star idea come let us go down there and confuse so come let us make bricks this is the people and here is God and the Godhead saying come let us go down there and confuse Uh, E then they said come let us build ourselves E star, Uh, this one's a longer one, but you'll see it here. Which the children of man had built, uh, or the children of man had built. So they have come, let's build ourselves, with the children of man had built. And then this sentence is also part of this idea, but uh, you don't necessarily get them repeating it again. Uh, And then F, a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make our names for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. Uh, F star, to see the city and the tower. Get the city and the tower, city and the tower. And then you get to the heart of the passage. This is a, all, all the way A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then F, E, D, C, B, A. Your G idea, it is, and the Lord came down. That is the heart of the passage of the Tower of Babel. So when you get this whole idea, the whole idea of like mixing up the languages, I mean, that's big. That frames the passage, but it's not your main idea. Your main focus of the Tower of Babel, what you're supposed to just like, is like leaps out as the heart that everything is pointing towards and getting closer and closer and then coming to is this concept of the Lord coming down, which is fascinating because you could almost say that is the keyistic structure. So let me flip this back to me. The Tower of Babel is at the end of the first part of Genesis. And you're like, the first part of Genesis, uh, how many parts are there? There's two. (laughs) There is creation through the Tower of Babel, and then Abraham through the end. (laughs) And obviously, that is a a play that the second act is way longer. But here's the deal with it. Sorry, I keep looking at my screen. i got to look up at you. There you are. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, The first part of Genesis is from creation to the Tower of Babel. And so what you get is you get actually kind of an anti-chaistic structure in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. You get the beginning of the chapter, or the beginning of Genesis, and it is, um, you get God creating out of nothingness and chaos and darkness. And then you get constantly this idea that humanity keeps taking The beauty that God creates, he takes darkness and creates light. He takes nothingness and creates something. He takes a disorder and he creates beauty. And then he takes those things and humanity keeps breaking them down. He builds them up and they break them down. He starts it again and they break them down. And then the Tower of Babel is the final moment where actually now humanity builds something else. They build something up, but what they build is chaos. They build Uh, an idea of going before God and saying, we're as good as you, we're as equal as you, we call the shots, which is essentially what Adam and Eve do in the garden. Uh, They're just doing it by building something so that they can walk up and tap God on the shoulder and say, hey, by the way, we're good. And so uh, that is the story of Genesis 1 through 11, and then that story is retold throughout the whole Bible. God creates beauty out of uh, chaos. He creates light out of darkness. And then humanity has a propensity to mess it all up, to take beauty and create disorder, to take dark, or light and create darkness. And so you see that play over and over again, Genesis 1 through 11, you see that in Adam and Eve, you see that in Cain Abel's, you see that in Lenech, you see that in Noah, you see that in the Tower of Babel. I mean, it's just on repeat, that story. And that then repeats throughout the whole Bible. And then the concept of the whole Bible leads to the center heart of it. And what is the center heart of the Bible? The Lord comes down. And all of a sudden you have Jesus coming into the world. Yes, to judge, like he does, like God does when he comes down and sees their tower, at the Tower of Babel, but also to mercifully save people. Save people from their own destruction. And so the center of... Oh, all right. I got mind-blowing. I got claps. All right. I did it. I did it. All right. Thanks, Jess. Appreciate your encouragement. Um, And so what is the center of the... Or what is the story of Genesis? Or what's the story? Yeah, what's the story of Genesis 1 through 11? God creates... Takes chaos and creates beauty. And mankind takes uh, beauty and, and does chaos. And well, how does that culminate? It culminates in the Tower of Babel. And what's the center of that? The Lord comes down. What's the story of the Bible? God takes disorder and creates beauty. Man and humankind takes uh, beauty and makes disorder. And then what's the culmination of that? What's the center of that? The Lord comes down, and it's right there the whole time, in the Tower of Babel. And that is how you understand chiastic structure. They are everywhere. They are everywhere in the Bible. You start, again, entire books. I mean, the entire Sermon on the Mount is in a keyistic structure. Uh, entire book, uh, arguably, possibly the whole book of Matthew is in a keyistic structure. And again, you have keyisms within keyisms. It's just, once you really start breaking down the Bible, you realize these people were brilliant. <laughs> and they made brilliant writings and brilliant poems and brilliant stories that have meaning within meaning within meaning within meaning. So much so that thousands of years later, we're still coming to it and be like, man, let's all of a sudden you open it up and you turn it the die another way and you see something completely different, yeah, but yet consistent with what's been true of all time. So happy searching for chiistic structures and uh, keyismist patterns throughout the Bible. I hope this is helpful. I hope this helps you in your study. Uh, yeah, if you'd love to chat more about this, uh, then connect and i'd love to talk more Uh, this is just one of the many things in the bible but it is a fun one to find all right see you later